Hey, it's Tony. We have a packed show for you today. We'll check in with Jason Lock and Four on the eve of Week 18 in the NFL. We'll also get picks from Chuck Todd and James Carville and Jeff Ma and Reginald the Monkey. But first, as always, commerce. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Yeah, because, I mean, they have five sacks on Milrow in the first half. They totally dominate the first half, and they're up by three or something like that. And, yeah, I'm probably a glass-half-empty guy because I would have said, well, we have no chance because <laughs> we should be up by 20 with the statistics, right? That's what I would have said. Well, no question. I have been talking, talking to you for the last couple of years. You're definitely <laughs> a glass-half-empty guy. You can have a six-foot putt for par. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to miss this low. I'm like, it's a straight putt, buddy. Like, put it in the hole. Okay. <laughs> The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Now, from Joe Rizzo in Oak Hill, Virginia. Your glass is half empty? Sorry. I think we've all been listening long enough to know the glass is bone dry. (laughs) On a happier note from Jason Reed in Beaverton, Oregon. Did I hear Michael say on Monday's show that your favorite Pinot Noir comes from Flowers Vineyards and Winery? Because if so, that was a David Aldridge moment for me. I know the winemaker at Flowers well enough that I could probably get you a box of that with an email or a phone call. I'm that guy that sent you the Martin & Sons maple syrup about a year ago from Rhinelander, Wisconsin, so you can be assured my family connections are extensive and of sufficient quality. You indicated you were not a maple syrup guy. Occasionally I am. Like, I have pancakes once every, I don't know, 10 years, and I'll put syrup on them then. I'm not a, you know, but I don't use it a lot, so perhaps I can make it up to you with some Pinot to be uh, consumed standing over the kitchen sink. This is a keeper. Yes, an email to Nigel. save. We'll yeah. do some um, tasting notes. Right. We, are, we are loaded today. We are guest loaded today. Uh, and Chuck Todd joins us early in the show. And this week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. I should say that yesterday, not yesterday, last week, everybody took gas, including Chuck Todd, but... Chuck Todd was 3-2-2. Two, and two. He's the only person or ape to have a winning record last week, and he's now 73-51-3 overall, plus 22. So if you're betting with Chuck, you're making big money. Congratulations. You were the only winner last week. Well, I appreciate that. This is, a, this is a scary moment to be in the leadoff spot because, you know, I blow this and nobody listens to the rest of the podcast, right? Like, this is... <laughs> This is I feel I feel a huge responsibility. Well, good then you'll then you'll come through and and we'll be fine. Let's start. We we got a lot of games. Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in a division game on the road against Baltimore, a true rival, a true rival. The Pittsburgh Steelers are three and a half point favorites on the road because Lamar Jackson is not going to play. There's no other explanation that makes any sense 
whatsoever. Pittsburgh minus three and a half. This is a scary game. Nobody would actually bet this game with, their, with real money, right? I don't think so because how do you know if Baltimore – I mean, okay, Lamar's not playing, but is Baltimore rolling over? No. This is the team – they never lose exhibition games. That's right. right. They don't lose preseason games. That's right. So the idea that somehow the second stringers, the backups, whatever, are not going to know how to win a game, um, you know, and three and a half. I mean, if you're going to make me bet this, which you do, yeah, give me that. Give me the hook. Give me the half point because I, I don't. If Pittsburgh wins this game, this feels like messy weather, which we know, right? Ugly game. It's going to be thirteen to ten, something like that, right? So, so you will take Baltimore. You'll take the Baltimore. half point feels like um, what you're betting here. Okay. Okay. So you got Baltimore. I, I, that's a yep. game I'd stay away from. Here's a game that's a straight-up playoff game. The winner is going to get into the playoffs straight up. Houston at Indianapolis. The road team, Houston, is favored by one and a half, that, which is odd. But I assume that's because C.J. Stroud is back and healthy. There's no other explanation to me. Who will you take in this? A game that I actually don't want to watch. I don't, I don't like watching either of these teams, honestly. And you know the, you know your reward would be if you did watch it, you got to watch one of them next Saturday, right? Th- that's They're going right. to be in the – That's right. The winner of this game is in the worst playoff time slot game the following week. Right. Like they're going to be in the 10 o'clock in the morning game or whatever it is that they do. I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, underst- I don't understand why Houston's favored, actually. Because, yes, Stroud's back, but he's had, they have all these other injuries. Um, he doesn't have his best receiver, that Tank Dell guy. And, I don't know, the Colts, you know, they, they don't have playing sloppy ball. Give me the, give me the Colts. You're going to take Indianapolis. Yeah. The Colts, to me, you know, if you forced me to watch a game between the Colts and the New Orleans Saints, I would simply confess to all the things you're accusing me of just so I didn't have to watch. I, I don't want right, we'll to. We'll let our overlords know this. The next yeah, time. I don't like the those future teams. alien overlords. Right. Uh, Seattle is at Arizona. Seattle is now up to a three point favorite. Kyler Murray's been pretty good since he got back. I mean, they had a pretty big win. They beat Philadelphia at Philadelphia. This is the last game. I guess Seattle has some remote chance to be in the playoffs. I don't know. But Seattle is a three-point favorite division game. They're all division games this week, which is smart by the NFL. Seattle three at Arizona. Who you got? I, I'm Arizona. I mean, they they've been playing really well. They have some amazing wins, by the way. They they're the are they they're the one team that's beaten both Dallas and the Eagles. Oh, I don't know that. Is that right? Okay, I, I think. So. And they and lost to the Giants of all teams. They, they lost to the Giants. Wins, right? yeah. They only have four wins. Two of those four wins, Dallas and Philadelphia. Yeah, that's. This guy's quite remarkable. Um, I'm riding with them simply. I know that Geno Smith apparently has like all sorts of financial incentives. Like I was reading one oh. handicap of this that, you know, there's certain if he makes the playoffs, there's a huge financial bonus for him. You know, he's not the only one. There's a whole bunch of incentive bonuses, obviously, on the line this week. Um, but I don't know. I, I Arizona feels like they're playing fast and loose and all of that. And, They've had nothing to play for for a couple weeks, so just to say they won't play the same way. Okay, you'll take Arizona. Chicago is at Green Bay. Chicago is getting three at Green Bay. Green Bay has looked good lately. Chicago has looked good lately. This is the last audition for Justin Fields before they make a decision as to whether or not they trade him and pick a quarterback at number one. Who you got? 
Why is this just about Justin Fields and not about Jordan Love, too? Because Jordan Love's like, obviously won the job, right? I mean, he's been you, good. You think so, for sure. I, oh, I, I do. I'm, I do, too, I guess. I think, though, that winning this game and getting to the playoffs is, you know, gets him his four-year deal. Not winning this game probably gets him franchise tag. Okay. That, you know, and I, so there's probably some intent. Look, I'm, I'm just emotionally hedging this. I, I am petrified of this as a Packer fan. The fact that the Bears are what's sitting between the playoffs and the Packers. So um, I want to believe in love, so I'm taking Justin Fields. So give me the Bears. This You're is, taking this the complete, Bears. This is complete emotional hedge. Okay. I want to lose this game. I want to be wrong. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just putting it, putting it out there. My son's going to be mad at me. He always listens right after, you know. Always listen to Pod, and he and he critiques my performance with you. Of course, um, he's going to be really upset about this one. But it's emotional hedge. Okay, I wanna, I'll, I'll live with lose that. And win. Yep. All right. Give me the Bears. Atlanta is at New Orleans. Atlanta is getting three. Atlanta's coach Arthur Smith is likely to be fired. Um, this is a game. I don't know what the under is. I would take the under unless the under was like Iowa under, like 21 or something like that. I have no interest whatsoever in this game. Atlanta and New Orleans, I guess, have long shots to get in the playoffs if 27 other things happen. You know, I don't really know. I mean, if Tampa Bay wins, they're not in the playoffs. So I don't know. What do you got? Yeah, I got beef with the NFL scheduling with this specific game. So they have this game and the Tampa game both at 1 o'clock. Oh. The fact of the matter is, this game is only relevant if Tampa loses. That's right. So put Tampa at 4 o'clock. Right. So that you force these two teams, they know, well, we don't know what's going to happen with Tampa, but we know we're, we, that game doesn't matter unless we win. So anyway, I think the NFL messed up. Oh, I, that's interesting. Part, they, that's you they th- messed up this game. This, both of these games shouldn't be at 1, and, and, and it bugs me. Um, I'm betting the Saints because I'm with you. I think Smith is fine. Yeah, and it just feels like that's the that 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 this is this is how it goes. Although they he fires that guy blank, your dancing buddy there, yeah. right? He fires a lot of people, doesn't he? He does, but but the good thing for Arthur Smith is he can walk right into a delivery job at FedEx. <laughs> he can just say to his dad, "I need some work," and get into a truck. It's pretty good for him. There's no buyout with him, right? No, like of course not. Like you're like, yeah, no, I'm not paying you for thirty years. No, no, he has he might have more money than the owner, but it's close because he isn't the it's owner of Home, Home Depot, Home right? Depot. Yeah, it's a close call, though. I think I'd yeah. rather I, I think. Put it this way, I think Home Depot can't operate without FedEx. That's probably Not true. Vice versa. Yeah. For the second week in a row, the Washington team is a double-digit underdog at home. Last week against the 49ers, they did not cover. This week it's Dallas. Dallas needs to win. They don't need to win by 13 and a half. They are favored by 13. Who you like in this one? You won last week. I hate this game because <laughs> it's so many points. Yeah. Uh, you know, this feels like Dallas, it's 21-3 at halftime, you know, and they just say, fine, we'll win this game 21-10, to right? And then it's a backdoor cover. Um, it's just too many points. Give me the – I, I got to think that our, our boy Ron Rivera in a swan song. It's his last game. Might yeah. actually, you know, try to do something different. Maybe there's a fake punt here or there. Maybe there's crazy things like going for it and fourth down at midfield rather than punting. Um so I'm going to hold out hoping that they try crazy stuff. It's Dallas. They should want to just mess with them, right? That, that stuff shouldn't matter. Give me the commanders. Okay. 
And the game that really matters most is Buffalo at Miami. I will say I'm a little bit surprised that Buffalo is a three-point favorite. I mean, maybe people look at Miami's performances recently and say they're really, they're really not good against a good team. And Buffalo does need to win this game to, to get in the playoffs. Well, they don't need to win it to get in the playoffs, but they can, if they lose it, not make the playoffs. If both Pittsburgh and Jacksonville win, Buffalo, one of the hottest teams in the league, them and the Ravens right now, they would be out. But with that all, Chuck, I am surprised they're a three-point favorite against Miami. That's a lot of points, especially in the, on the road like that. And I, I, I get it. The Dolphins don't need need right. this win. Right. Um, they're in the playoffs no matter what. But you would think the incentive to host a playoff game, right? I mean, if they don't win, they're not going to host a playoff game. That's right. At least if they win, they host a playoff game. Um, I should hope there's some incentive for the Dolphins not to – Nobody wants to face Buffalo in the playoffs. They feel like a, a, one of those teams, that, like, if you can eliminate Buffalo now, yeah. eliminate Buffalo now. So uh, I think there's every incentive in the world for the Dolphins to play, to treat this like the playoff game that it, that it really is. So I'm going to get take the home. You're a home dog in a playoff, that, in, a, in, a, in a basically a playoff game, give me, give me the Dolphins. Okay, you pick six out of seven home teams, just, just in case you're charting what you've done. It's a rarity for me, isn't it? Yes. Don't I usually road. overly road? Which yes. Means we could, this could be a rough week. Well, we'll see. Uh, you, you know, you've got to face your kid if that's true. Embarrass <laughs> yeah. the family on yeah, national radio or whatever this is called. <laughs> whatever. Nice to have you back. All right, well, here's hoping I uh, didn't screw up the show. You'll be fine. Thank you, Chuck. All right, bye now. Chuck Todd, boys and girls. If we just gave you Chuck Todd... That'd be more than enough. But we give you a monkey. Nigel's to the zoo. Reggie swinging from the bars. We give you a monkey. Let <laughs> me see who Reggie likes after Chuck Todd Ma and the Cubs. In other words, <laughs> throw your That is the great Carl Kettleson. And he sings about Reginald as if Frank Sinatra visits the National Zoo. He has a lead role in the great opera, probably the greatest opera of all time, yeah. Carmen, which opened at the Met. In New York City earlier this week, he'll be performing several times until the end of January, so opera fans or anyone who wants to see a jingle writer in this more demanding day job should go to Lincoln Center and see the show. This is sent to us by Larry Schlesinger in Bethesda, and it is about Kyle Kettleson. Yes. Lovely. And love Kyle. Love both versions, but congratulations on, on Carmen. Oh, come on. It's just Carmen. That, that is tremendous. Yeah. Yes. So what has so, Reginald got? So I went he down to the... one one and one last week. He's 21-28-2. and two. He, he ain't going to see Mount 500. I don't think he is. It's, it hasn't been his year. But, you know, faithfully, he's, you know, every week he's so eager to, to pick these games, no matter what he's up to. And it was another crazy scene down at the National Zoo. He was on stage busy rehearsing with his new band, Mr. Tony. It's a super group. They are called Monkey Business. And I think you might note some of the players. Pete Townsend. Too much monkey business. Too much monkey business, right. 
uh, Pete Townsend, Bill Wyman, Ringo Starr, yeah. and of course Reginald on the Hammond organ. So Fantastic. yeah, so their first uh, gig I have it here, the Bottle and Cork at the end of the month. And then they begin a long residency at the Kaiser Keller in Hamburg. There so, you go. There yeah. you go. So hopefully you can see him at one of those places. Now, the first match we gave him was Pittsburgh on the road at Baltimore, giving three and a half. And this was a lovely little photograph of uh, Reginald Chobie of him having a sandwich at Primanti Brothers with Chuck Knoll, Rod Scurry, and Rocky Blyer. Taking Pittsburgh. Tells me he likes Pittsburgh. Yes. What else? Next one we gave him was uh, Texans giving one and a half at the Colts. And this was a lovely little old film clip of him taking batting practice at the old Astrodome, uh, hanging out with J.R. Richard, Raphael Landestoy, and Dickie Thon. Taking so Houston. Feels like he's going to take Houston in that one. Um, and the last one was Dallas giving 13. Yeah, it's a lot. Big number. It's a big number. I wasn't sure which way he'd want to go. But again, last week. <clears throat> San Francisco covered. Yeah. They covered. Yes. So this was, a, he showed me a, a little photograph of him tobogganing. Is that a correct? Tobogganing, yes. Tobogganing with Tony Dorsett, Babe Laufenberg, and Bob Lilly. So, so he's going to take Dallas. He's going to take Dallas. Has no respect whatsoever or regard for the Washington football team. It's too bad. This could be the one week. You never know. <laughs> this week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We will come back with Jason Locke and Fora. I am Tony Kornheiser. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a group called Edgewater Avenue. This is sent to us by James Johnson. He says, Gary said we sounded like the Eagles. This is a link to our new EP. We would love it if you listened and told us what you thought. We're based in Wilmington, Delaware, and I work in roofing. Let me know if you need exterior work done at the beach. As a matter of fact, it's not exterior work as much as our roof gets damaged because we need trees cut down a little bit. Oh, right. So if you know a tree guy, you know, you can help me out with that, James. Again, this is Edgewater Avenue. This is called The Devil, The Midwest, and Me. You listen to it at the end of the show in its entirety, and it plays in Jason Locke and Fora. And let let me just start with this. I seem to be hung up on this. Nobody else is, and by nobody else, Wilbon just looks at me like I'm crazy. But how do you feel about teams resting players when the team they are playing is still alive for the playoffs? Oh, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, this is the ultimate. Uh attrition sport and and it's about maximizing your health really and and that's paramount and if you're able to do that if you're able to condense the window that these billionaire owners want to keep expanding yeah if you're able to condense it to 16 games like the good old days 
then I think you're a fool not to take advantage of it. I think you're especially a fool not to take advantage of it if you're the Browns or the Rams, one of these teams with really nothing to play for and who also won't be getting a regular buy. Um, and they've taken the the rest away, right? They've taken it from two teams to one. Yes. Uh, they continue to, uh, I think, again, for their own capitalistic reasons, make these division crowns, even in divisions that are complete garbage, like the AFC South and NFC South, worth more than they should be, because what is this all about? It's about pulling up the weakest. It's, it's amazing. You know, the, these people who otherwise would not... Uh, believe in anything that's remotely socialist in its platform, um, do very much believe in social welfare for billionaires, because that's how the NFL is set up. So if that's what it is, and you finish with nothing to play for in 15 games, or 15 weeks, or 16 weeks, or, or whatever, then you know what? It's not about, this isn't about competitive balance. They're not playing games soon in Brazil and you know, eventually, whatever, China, I don't know, India. Like, they're not doing all that for competitive balance. Like, they're not playing on Thursday nights for competitive balance. They're not, you know, they, they, they don't even care what surface you play on. Like, they don't even care how bad the fields are. So, no, F them. <laughs> whatever. Like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm not, I'm not worried about how my billionaire's buddies might feel about it. Uh, I've got to protect my greatest assets, which there's not enough of in this league, and that's the players. So if you can limit their exposure to a game that really isn't going to um, affect you, then the ramifications of that, let, 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 let the super wealthy people figure that out. So I'm going to do a small pushback here, and I'm going to talk about the integrity of the game issue. I'm going to mention now that all sports, including the NFL, have betting partners, so they recognize how important betting is. And I'll tell you that in, in many of these cases, in the case of the Rams, they're not playing anybody who can qualify for the play. It doesn't matter. But in the case of the, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they're going to play against Miami's best team, you know, the best players, because that matters to both of the teams. But in the case of the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers are not going to be getting Baltimore's best. But you still say that's okay, it doesn't matter. reflected in the line. I mean, again, I would say, well, that's for the those who offer bets to figure it out, and, and trust me, they all have, because that line has you know opened right. with the Steelers as a small favorite, and it's as it's become increasingly um, official, right? As the Ravens literally ruled six guys out yesterday, it, you know the money keeps going a certain way, and 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 look, if they like, you know, how about they? How about you get real officials? Like if we're if we're talking about competitive balance and. You know the integrity of the game. Like they're they're sending. What does the league think of that Baltimore Pittsburgh game? They're sending Brad Allen's crew there. I mean that tells you. Like I mean, the, dude. I mean the whole like it, it is what it is. Like you think he would have got a game that really mattered? They know the game doesn't matter. They had to put those Jamokes somewhere. They tried to stash them. You know now it, it's good. It's in its own window. So I don't know if they did it very smartly because uh, the game does still matter for Pittsburgh. It does, but. But, like, that, you know, what's that all about? Why, why are those guys still have work? Why? Because they don't care enough about it to have a bullpen of people who could come in and, and, and do at least as terrible of a job. Like, they can't get their story straight about what actually happened the other night. Like, so, yeah, I, I just, I mean. Look, For those of you it. who don't know the, the intricacies of the NFL, the crew is talking about 
was the crew that officiated the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys and denied a two-point conversion that would win the game for the Lions and change everything in the NFC East, right? Yeah, well, and they right. also were the the Chiefs-Packers game that had, you know, debacle after debacle right. made in it. Like, so, I mean, they, 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 there's so much they could do. Like, why are we still spotting balls the same way that they did, you know, when Curly Lambeau was a head coach? Like, what is that all about? Well, really? the, the league obviously agrees with you because the league has never come out with a policy statement that says, you know, we, we think this is a bad idea of resting players. They've never said that, right? Never, to my knowledge. Well, and I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't like, I really don't know how they could. I mean, they, yeah. they set up the rules. They, they make the playoff tiebreakers. If I achieve everything I could possibly achieve, or I'm locked into a certain scenario by their rules, then I'm going to do what I can to maximize my chances of having the most uh, bountiful roster I could possibly have available to me in the games that will decide the, the fate of my season. And, you know, what that means for the other team or, you know, what the Ravens not playing everybody and perhaps losing to Pittsburgh, you know, what that means for, for Indianapolis or Buffalo. Houston or, or some other wild card hopeful, yeah. that's not my problem. Okay. All right. Um, you've got Ron Rivera and Arthur Smith gone. I think you wrote yeah. about it in the Washington Post. We talked over the course of the year of Bill Belichick. And mm-hmm. I believe, if I'm correct, you thought that this would be his last year at New England. That is a story that is much larger than any game this weekend. If that, if in fact that's true, Mm -hmm. that's an enormous story, right? I think so. Um, It's interesting. I I was talking to um, a friend of ours, Lucy Burge, who comes on and does gambling hits with us every week. She's based out of Boston. She's a big, you know, New England fan. And like, I, I had a big Ted Williams fetish as a kid and, and I still have probably do you know and so i've read uh you know kid bids hub fans ado i don't know probably 10 times in my life you know and it's update chronicling ted williams last game and it's at fenway park and it's against the orioles and there's nothing at stake and there's like 10,500 people there you know so i'm kind of was wondering like even in new england like and now they're talking about this storm. Like, are people going to show up to pay their last respects or whatever, you know, or to watch the hoodie try to like, you know, destroy the Jets one last time because he's done it 15 straight times and 12 straight in Foxborough. And Lucy was like, "Yeah, I, I think ultimately people are going to show," but she wasn't totally convinced, and and I'm not totally convinced, and I think the story probably will get a little bit lost in the wash. Like, yeah. Whatever you think of him and the way he treats people or the way he presents himself in the media or whatever we think of Deflategate or Spygate, um, it's, it's one of the most unique chapters in the history of this league, and it's certainly one that in the salary cap era, the way this league works now, and like I just said, competitive balance, come on, they'll play a game on the moon if they can make money off it, like, to think that anybody's ever going to be able to do what they did, to stand that far out above the crowd, year in, year out, year in, year out. Like, no way. No, nothing will ever come even remotely close. Like, it will look like even more of an outlier the further we get from it. Um, I mean, just look at the most tenured coaches in the NFL right now. Like, I, I think 
we were looking at it yesterday. I think Sean McVay is like sixth. Really? You know, he's been there like six years. So the, the, ones, the got, ones that come to mind are Belichick and Tomlin and Carroll right. and Reed, but Reed switched teams, but still he's been continuous. He's still continuous. been in Kansas City 10 years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's, he's not going to be there 10 years from now. I got news for you. He might right. not be there five years from now. Um, you know, you've got this crazy hardball Tomlin thing, and that's another one. Like, those guys are meeting again this week. Yeah. You alluded to that. Like, you'll never see that. Those, like, the only coaches who faced each other more than those two in the history of the NFL are like Hallis and Lambeau. Right. Like, and you'll never see this again. Like, two guys lasting that long and being that successful in the same division? Like, I don't know that it'll happen in the whole league 10 years from now, let alone these two to continue to face each other twice a year and then sometimes three times a year because they both make the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, but I, I don't know how lost in the wash the Belichick thing will get, but um, or what the response will ultimately be like in Foxborough for what looks like a god-off. Like, that line opened, Tony, at, I think, 30 30 and a half for the over under. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a football atrocity, but it is, it is, it, it it does have a unique residence. And I I do think that'll be the last time he's ever, um, on the sidelines for the New England Patriots and we'll never, ever, 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 ever see anything like that again. All right. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this. Do you think anything will come of the Russell Wilson benching? Or is that just going to be, you know, shut up about it. He's a coach. He does what he wants. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, the NFLPA tends to not um, prevail or really even come particularly close on matters such as this. I would say it's not really a fair fight, so that would have something to do with it. Uh, no. I mean, I, I think, again, it'll come up at league meetings. There'll be People will be urged to have more of a bedside manner. You know, they'll be told to be careful in what they say and do, and certainly in what they say and do that can be, you know, um, documented. And But the reality is, you know, these contracts are written certain ways, they're negotiated certain ways, and at various times throughout the evolution of a player's career there, sometimes the player, by nature of the contract, has the hammer, and sometimes the team does. Um, but do, I don't. I also don't think this is... By any means, like maybe this is a little bit extreme, certainly, but the, the the general sentiment, you know, that was expressed to him is is by no means something that I think is unique to the Denver Broncos and and Russell Wilson. It's just it's certainly unique in that it, it, it's a player of that magnitude and a contract of that magnitude. Sure, um, but that's you know it's a it's first and foremost this is a business it's a business and he knew and russell wilson knew it when he signed it i mean he's getting 39 million dollars next year no matter what happens let's not get crazy all right plug your radio show for us uh you can listen to us two to six uh talk about these matters occasionally but certain any certainly anything related to baltimore sports on inside access on 105.7 the fan in baltimore uh from two to six weekdays i may have already said that um, or you can listen to us anywhere on the Odyssey app. Yeah, that was Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfour. I'm reading for this, Jason. Thanks, Make buddy. sure to follow In the Huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, Jason. Talk next Thank week. Thank you. You're a natural tone. Don't yeah. ever change. Love I you. I can read. Thank you. All right, Jason. Uh, we'll take a break. Jeff Mon, James Carville. Yes. When we return, we think, we hope, we pray, we don't know. I'm Tony Kornheiser. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Well, you wake up in the morning, boy. You hear the ding-dong ring. Then you look upon the table, boy. You see the same darn thing. This is Paul Evans and Midnight Special. No food upon the table, boy. James Carville has his own walk-up music. There's no the only guest the ever on this show with his own walk-up music. <laughs> but you better not complain, Makes me boy. happy so we have to before we talk about this week's bets your appearance last week generated a tremendous amount of mail because it seemed to everybody that maybe you were in your car and either your blinker was on or your windshield wipers were on do you recall that i don't but it's possible i I'm so, you know, discombobulated and disorganized and, oh, anything is possible. Okay. So we'll just leave it at that. That was a bad week. I, one I, in five. I, I can't attest, you know, to one or the other. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, you took you took your lumps last week. That was a tough week. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was uh, not pretty. But, yeah. you know, what What happens is I, I usually, this season for some, so I, I very seldom go three and three. I go one and five or five and one. That's right. You know? That's right. Uh, That's it, right. It, it, uh, um, the Pitt and the Ravens, right? You got Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Baltimore resting Lamar Jackson. And Pitt is a three and a half point favorite. Uh, three and a half. That's At right. Baltimore. That's right. And I will take Baltimore. You will take Baltimore. Okay. Plus three and a half. Okay. They got nothing to play for, but they're that much better than Pittsburgh. Uh, okay. The Titans and the Jaguars. What do you see there? I got four. Okay. Uh, take the Titans. Take the Titans. Even uh, though Jacksonville, by winning, gets into the playoffs. You take the Titans. You know, I've seen this a million times. A team with nothing to gain... And another team with everything to gain, and a team with nothing to gain covers. Yeah. Don't ask me why. It's just, you know, it, um, the, uh, where are we? The, uh, Carolina. The, Carolina is playing uh, Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay wins, they win the division. Right, so take the Panthers. Take the Panthers. Yeah. So you're taking three underdogs in a row at this point. What else you got? Uh. The Bears and the Packers. The Bears are plus three at Green Bay. Take the Bears. 
The Bears have been playing very well lately. They have. They sure have. They, I, yeah. I don't, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their draft pick, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, what I had said earlier in the show is that this is the last audition for Justin Fields. You know, I mean, because you can trade him and draft a quarterback at number one if you choose to, or you can keep him because you say to yourself, you know what, he's pretty good, and we'll see. Yeah, I, 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 don't, know, I, I don't follow him that close without my team, but I'd be tempted to keep the guy. And then, yeah, Wilbon wants to keep yeah, him. I, Wilbon wants to keep him, yeah. And uh, uh, the the. The Broncos and the Raiders? Yes, you have the Raiders minus two and a half. They're the favorites. It makes no sense to take the Raiders. So you will take the Broncos? No, I'll take the Raiders. Oh, you'll take the Raiders, even though it makes yeah. no sense to take the Raiders. Right. Okay. That's always, when, when something makes utterly no sense at all, that's the way you go. Okay. All right. It's the oldest established trap there is in Sports game, but we, we're going to come back roaring back this week. I would, I would hope at down. least a four and one. It would make me very happy for you. Right. All right. Mary and I are going to the Pelicans Clippers tonight. That's going to be a hell of a game. The Clippers are so much better than most of us thought they would be. We yeah. thought Harden would kill the team, and in fact, right. they're since I think since December something they're like twelve and two. They're really good, and New Orleans had a big win the other night. I mean, if yeah, if Zion gets on the floor, they're a good team. If he plays. If he, if Zion, I've seen him play a lot. If he decides he wants to score, I don't give a LeBron or, or, or Rudy Gobert wasn't even there. He's both of the best defensive player in the league. I mean, when that guy, want, if, if he decided, you know, I don't know if he'll ever decide that he wants he wants to win it all, we could win it all. No, he is that He's good. That if his body holds out, if his body holds out. Thank right. you, James. My best to Mary. Right. You bet. I should have said this earlier, that this week's picks with James Carville and Jeff Ma are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. That was a good appearance by James in that there was no um, strange noises in the background, and he only cursed once to our knowledge. Just the once. Only once. So that was, you know, that was good. James is a sports fan. He really is a sports fan, you know. And I think part of that is, you know, going to LSU. I, I think people that go to LSU, which is such a major program in all the sports, I think people that go to LSU have to be sports fans. Or else why are you going to LSU? I also think just professionally, it, it's something that keeps you away from your day job. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Do we have Jeff? We do indeed. Uh, Jeff is back on the early schedule, so which is terrible. <laughs> he was so great last week. Although he was then 2-3. and three. <laughs> He was then 2-3, and 48-39-2. And now we have you waking up terribly early. I don't know if I don't know if that'll have an effect on you or not. Um, I wanted to ask you two things. First of all, I want to ask you about and the betting lines when star players sit out, when Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson, when they sit out games, how that affects the lines. And I wanted to ask you about the bowl games, if 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 there was anything that came out of all those bowl games that you wanted to tell us about in terms of lines. Yeah, I mean, the bowl games were kind of abysmal from a standpoint. I mean, one, everyone's really caught up on the bowl games, and at the end of the day, they serve two purposes. One, don't they give you some time off? Yes, give us a week off, me and Wilbon. Yeah, we're having yeah, great so, I mean, that, that's really all we care about, right? Yeah, Self-interest at some level for Tony, so yeah. giving you some time off. But, you know, the other thing is they're, they're an exhibition. You know, you're sitting at home with your family. What else do you have to do? So I think people get so caught up about – 
fixing the bowl games and that kind of stuff. They're they're an exhibition. They're for entertainment. They're fine. But I think this bowl season really was interesting from a betting perspective because you had a lot of games where the line moved very much um, right before the game. And often those line moves were incorrect because people really had no idea who was playing, who was motivated. That's right. That's and right. you saw it in a lot of games where what would happen is almost the wrong team was favored um, when the game closed. And so um, I, I think betting those games is, is going to be incredibly difficult going forward. And the ability for people to actually know who's playing, who's motivated, all that kind of stuff is becoming even harder and harder. I agree with that. I would also say that um, the two bowls that stand out that were just abysmal were Florida State, they had no players, and Georgia wanted to make a statement. And that game was over, like, literally eight minutes into the game. And then the other one is Liberty against Oregon. You know, stop. All you people who think that these small schools with good records should play against a really good football school, you're wrong. That's what happens. That's what happens. They lose by 50 points, right? Well, I mean, on the Georgia game, it actually goes counter to what I said because the Georgia game, everyone and their mother was had bet on Georgia. That's the right. game started at Georgia, I think, was favored by 14 and closed with Georgia favored by over 20, 21, 22, 23 wow. points. So everyone was betting on Georgia yeah. and, and made a fair amount of money on that. Um, in terms of the Liberty game, I think inherently this is the problem with the structure of the, of the uh, NCAA. I mean, there should be two separate divisions for – you know, the, the power five. Good teams and other as teams. As, yes. As, yeah. As long as the NCAA is still calling them the same and they, <sighs> they you know, need to do this to support the sport, then I, I disagree with you. I think the little guys should get a chance because I think ultimately, you know, every team when they wake up in the morning on the first day of the season should believe that if they win all their games, they have a chance to win the national championship, right? Like they should have a chance to play for that. Unless until we change the structure of the sport, I just don't think it's fair. I mean, like that's what makes March Madness so fun. And, and yes, you know, when we go to eight, if there is one non-power five in there, there may be a blowout. That's okay. But for every maybe ten blowouts, there's going to be one amazing upset, and that amazing upset is why we watch sports. That's right. That's UMBC in Virginia. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But but most of the time, you know, you're going to get crushed. You're go- especially in football. Football's not basketball. And basketball, two guys on your team can throw in some shots and you can be close and have a chance. It's football's different. All right, what do you got this week, Jeff? All right, we're going to um, – I mean, you were asking a little bit about this week. I mean, this week is like a, a, a strange week because ultimately this is a week where sometimes the market is, is not correct because yeah, there's sitting two out. different types yeah. of teams that go into week 18. There's the teams that are um, still in it and need to win. There's the teams that have already clinched and have incentive to rest players, and there's the teams that are completely out of it and but um, don't really have any reason to rest players. And so in many cases, the teams that need to win become overrated. Just because you need to win doesn't mean that you have an ability to play better and you're going to be motivated more. The teams certainly that are sitting players are always going to be teams to watch out for in terms of who, who's going to play and how motivated they really are. And then the interesting thing are the teams that sort of are out of it but don't want to rest players. And a lot of times you see those players, those teams overperform because, you know, like last year, a good example was Houston. They just, they just kind of overperform because 
people think they're going to quit, but they're still professionals right. and they're still last game of the season. They still want to win once the once they start playing. I think you see that much more in the NFL than you do in the NBA, where these teams that are out of it don't really tank; they keep playing. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna start with New Orleans minus the three versus Atlanta. This is a case where <clears throat> New Orleans is funny because, like we've talked about, that they're they're not very good on this on this podcast, but a lot of analytic systems have them better than than we would think about them. And even last week was interesting as I had Tampa and lost, and, and they blew out Tampa. Yeah, um, I, I think this is a case where the numbers actually say that New Orleans should be favored by a little bit more than three, and, and you have a situation where New Orleans should be much more motivated than Atlanta. So I'll take fair value with the team that has a lot more to play for. Okay, you'll take New Orleans. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take Chicago plus the three over Green Bay, um, a game where Green Bay has everything to play for. Chicago theoretically doesn't. Um, I think Chicago shows up here. Their defense has been uh, incredible down the road, down the, you know, down, the, down the stretch. Obviously, that's been aided by who they've played. Um, but I do think this is a game where they, they will, may pull the upset against Green Bay. Okay. I'm going to take Tennessee plus the three and a half over Jacksonville. This was five and a half earlier in the week. This is a clear, like, one team, you know, needs to win, has everything to set if the other team doesn't. And I think there's a little bit of value here. There's obviously more value at five and a half. The line should probably be Tennessee only favored by about two points. Um, but I'll take Tennessee plus the three and a half still. We can give you four because Carville's line was four. four yeah, Carville's got a few <laughs> interesting ones. I'll take whatever Carville gets. Right, Carville. Okay, that's four. Go ahead. What I else? I actually want to find Carville's sports book and just send it to that. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? I got Washington plus the 13 over Dallas. Um, this one's really inflated because of the perception that Washington will quit or has quit, and Dallas obviously needs to win. The line should be probably closer to nine. So I like Washington plus 13. So it's a lot of points to give a team at okay. all in the NFL. What else? And then I'm going to take in the national championship game. Yeah, I was hoping um, you would. Hoping you bet that. Yeah, I'm going to take Michigan minus the four and a half over Washington. Like Washington is a game as a team, and and <clears throat> I'll probably be rooting for Washington just because it's just so much fun to watch Penix. Yes. Pass to those wide receivers. I mean, so much of the value of this team is his ability to compete those to complete those you know, like long 20-yard passes and just the amount of you know, precision and accuracy that he has is incredible. But, this, this, you know, Rufus says that by his numbers, Michigan should be favored by nine. Wow. And then if you think about the schematics in this game, meaning Michigan's going to be able to run probably against Washington and be able to get some pressure on Penix, you see a situation where this could get ugly. Um, but, again, like Penix, he's a hard – player to bet on until further notice like the guy is completing these passes and he's got three nfl wide receivers and it's just a whole deal but if you go by the analytics and schematics i think michigan's a play that's interesting um michigan certainly got to milrow in the other game and if you're right about running then you shorten the clock of the game and Washington doesn't like that at all. So maybe that would be interesting. What's on Bet the Process this week? Uh, this week we have a guy by, um, by the name of Kevin Cole, who's a football analytics guy. We talked a little bit about something that's near and dear to Will Bond's heart, whether the Bears should re-sign Justin, Justin Fields, Fields or not. Yeah. And then we talk a lot about week 18 betting angles. Okay. 
All right. Thank you, Jeff. Talk next week. All right, bye, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls, um, and I should read this. This week's picks with James Carville and Jeff Ma have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. But don't send in faxes. <laughs> no faxes. You're right, Jason Fuse. No faxes. <laughs> oh. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That's going to do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, and Michael is going to love this, if I searched this whole wide world, I'd never, never, never find me a girl who'd love me the way that you do. Because you're shamalama, rama 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 ding dong, baby. You put the ooh mau mau and oh 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 back in my smile, child. So hit it. That's right. That's you know. Come on, that's Animal House. Otis, come on now. Otis, stay in the nights. Otis, my man. Thanks he loves us. Guest today: Chuck Todd, Jason Lock and Ford, James Carville, Jeff Ma. Full show. Thanks as well to today's sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey get the show through apple Podcasts, please leave us a review <coughs> excuse me for coughing from brian deaton lexington kentucky now james carville the other day are we sure that carville wasn't riding a horse <laughs> that's right <laughs> clop 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. could have been it i yeah. suppose uh gillis green vero beach florida used to be the home of the dodgers the sound in carville's car was his windshield wipers, not a blinker. That's why they were on so long. Come on, man. What are we even doing out here, man? <laughs> Greg Owens, coming Georgia. Uh, long time, first time. I was listening to your January 2nd show and heard you read the email from a listener regarding your cashmere sweater. Sue assures you that is not the moths eating a hole in your sweater, but their offspring who need nutrients from the natural fiber. Fascinating. Yet I did want to note that the not the moths comment threw me off. The offspring of a moth is still a moth, no? <laughs> yes, a, yes. That's a good point. From Willie in Leesburg, Virginia, formerly of West Lynn, Oregon, all the way across the country. The homogeneous nature of this show and its listeners never disappoints to impress. Last week, I got out my all-time favorite sweatshirt for a dinner party. It's a navy blue cashmere hoodie sweater that I purchased at Pebble Beach two years ago after having lunch there at Roy's. I wore it for one gorilla chip shot on our way out of the property and promised my son, age 10, that we would come back and play together for his 16th birthday. I cherish this article of clothing. I've never spent $350 on any piece of casual clothing before, let alone a hoodie. I almost had a mental breakdown in my closet when I put it on and I saw a small but noticeable hole, especially with the white undershirt I was wearing. I've been thinking of hanging it for display or buying some black undershirts, but then your caller who talked about the possibility of repair gave me new life. I found a tailor up here in Leesburg, Virginia who says he can make the repair, even on cashmere, using thread from the color overlap. I'll let you know how it goes. I have to do that this coming week. I want to bring it in and get that done. It was Sue, right? Sue wrote uh, yes. the email, right? Yes. That's wonderful. From Mark Sandler, Edith's Pizza is owned by the bakery Breads Unlimited that you love in the Stroh Snyder Shopping Center. 
You can't get bakery items there as far as I know, but they make a killer steak and cheese sandwich that's worth a visit. I mm. love that they have a sign out front that says, this table is for customers of Edith's Pizza and the bakery only. That's wonderful. <laughs> yes, they got your territory. Get away, By the Bradley way, speaking of Stroh Snyder's, I opened up a bag of the regular flavored my dad's chips last night and didn't stop till I went three yep. quarters through. <laughs> they I found the perfect stop. size. Yeah, oh. yeah, they did. Andy Pendergrass, Minden, Louisiana. Dear PTI guy from ESPN. Who? Long time, second time. Uh-huh. Okay. Even longer PTI fan. <laughs> PTI started when I was a teenager and I, like you, didn't think it would last long. But somehow you and Wilbon became a regular part of my weekdays and have been in my life on a regular basis as long as just about anyone. I enjoy hearing Michael Kornheiser on the podcast. I have two masculine children the same age as Michael's, and my boys, Cal and Freddie, seem to be into similar things as Bootsy and the Hammer. I'm emailing today about the big finish on PTI when you and Wilbon talked about Cheryl Miller. That was two days ago, or was it yesterday? Two days ago. Two days ago, yes. I wanted to point out to you that in the highlight montage, there's a clip of Cheryl playing against Louisiana Tech. I don't see that. <clears throat> yeah, I do not see video. You just see teleprompter. Yeah, at that I just point. see prompter, so I don't know what happened. You can clearly see a Louisiana Tech player with braided hair playing defense on Cheryl. That player is Kim Mulkey. Yeah, she went there. She won a national championship there. How do I know this? My aunt, Ann Pendergrass, played at La Tech with Kim for four years. They went to the Final Four all four years and won two national championships. Another fun fact about those La Tech teams is that Deborah Rodman played on them, the sister of, you guessed it, Dennis Rodman. I got to meet Coach Mulkey and Deborah at the 30th anniversary ring ceremony of La Tech winning the first ever NCAA Women's National Championship. Why a ring ceremony 30 years later? Because they didn't have rings made when they won it all in 1982. I have an attached photo from the USA Today of my aunt holding the trophy in the first ever one shining moment for women's college basketball. You can't share this story on the show, but Wilbon will love it. Yeah, because you can't. I mean, how long are you going to go? Yeah. On the team plane, when LaTeX was flying out to Los Angeles to play against Cheryl Miller, the coaches gave a robust scouting report that pretty much was summed up with, we've got to contain Cheryl Miller. <laughs> After the coaches were finished and went back to their seats, Deborah Rodman said in a low voice, Cheryl Miller, ooh, can't say what she said. <laughs> but Cheryl Miller is, if not the greatest women's basketball player of all time. She's in the top two or three. She's yes. on everybody's list. Yes. She's on everybody's list. And she used to beat her brother, who you might know by the name of Reggie Miller. Okay? Yeah, yeah that was, Reggie Miller. He was okay. Jordan Fobel or Fable in Hamilton, Ontario, in Canada. I have no reason to mail you other than on Monday's show, you read an email from Bob Who from Hamilton, Ontario. I don't know Bob, and I've never met him, but for the first time in my five years of listening, I heard from a little also from my hometown of Hamilton. So I felt it only proper to ask you to tell Bob to eat it. Thanks for all your, thanks for all these years. From Trent Zundel or Zundel in Morgantown, West Virginia. I would have bet Carville's double play winnings that the person who said that line was Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, this is the Micro Wave line. Oh, right. No, Nigella Lawson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all these years, I took it for granted. It was the treasured comedian saying the line in some Christopher Guest movie. I don't know that the Christopher Guest movies were were made when microwaves were out. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Mark Schwartz again. Not that Mark Schwartz. Um, please accept this as my second application to be the official Mobblehead of the Tony Kornheiser show. I think my first email may have been a bit long, so I'll use the code. Keep this one brief. Attaches a picture of my daughter holding a bobblehead here in Mobblehead. And what other bobblehead could one have in Mobblehead other than Red Auerbach? So if my application is once again to be rejected, I will live. But please allow my daughter, Aria, to be the official toddler of Mobblehead. It will mean nothing to her and less to her mother, but I will know and will be able to brag to absolutely no one. Thank you. Please see 
my initial email for pics of our Mobblehead wedding and an invite to our favorite Mobblehead restaurant, Sea Salt. Yes, really. Yeah, lovely. Of course, she's a lovely girl. Oh, yeah, you can have that. You can be those things, and she can be those things. From Sam Angel, our old friend used to be at Drexel, right? Sam Angel, and now is in Silver Spring, Maryland. That's right. To piggyback off the note that Chuck, of Chuck and Roxy episode, all of them, (laughs) (laughs) that's which is funny, sent you on Tuesday's show, I wanted to write in to offer a huge thank you to Roxy, who may or may not actually hear this. Last week, we took our five-year-old daughter to New York for her first visit to the city, highlighted by a performance of the Radio City Christmas Spectacular, which you have to see. I've never seen that. that. Oh, it's wonderful. It's really great. You have to see it. It was one of multiple shows that day for Roxy, but she took the time to meet us after the show and make Chelsea feel like the star. She answered questions about how many kicks they do each show, over 200 in each performance, and what the hardest production number was, the Tin Soldier's Fall, and gave Chelsea a set of Tin Soldier cheeks to wear around town. Strangely, Carbone does not seem to offer a kid's menu, so we opted for John's of Bleecker Street instead, which is one of the great pizza joints of all time, right? John's. Oh, they, yeah. one of the great of all time. Do they time. serve New York-style pizza there? No, they serve pizza there. <laughs> but nothing could have made us feel like A-listers, made us feel more like A-listers than Roxy's warm welcome and attention to an excited kid. So I had to give her a big thank you on the big show. Isn't that nice? That's sweet. Mike Mackler here, Chuck and Roxy, episode 110. I'm a big fan of your pronunciation of the Mac. I was wondering if I changed the spelling of my last name to Mackler with the pronunciation change. Also, my biggest regret is that I've never used get some action as a pickup line by <laughs> Mackler, Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> From John Pearson in Milwaukee, one of the bonuses of this show is the sheer joy I get when Pat Forty is on, along with the delicious sarcasm about the nature of people ruining college football. Uh, when he gives updates on his amazing daughter Brooke's swimming career all the way to the Olympics. Now, when you ask him about his holiday and he offhandedly mentions that he and the family went to visit Brooke, where she is serving in the Peace Corps, um, you know, it was just wonderful. I was wondering if Pat has some free time. Could he please take over raising my 14-year-old daughter from here on out? I mean, mine is delightful, but obviously he's better at this than I am. Yeah, she's an Olympian and she's in the Peace Corps. Yeah, she- and she graduated from Stanford. Hello, <laughs> Stanford. It's fairly impressive. Uh, what's this? Oh, from lessons. Michael Sarvey. <laughs> I've lived in many places related to the show. Madison, Wisconsin, where many of your emailers are from. Ithaca, New York, where much of your wealth went. And yes, I even lived a year <laughs> in Marblehead, Massachusetts. I now live in lovely Leisure World, a 55 and older community in Silver Spring. In the lobby of my building, Fairways South, and the digital community board plays a loop of two songs. The first one is fine, actually. Don't Worry, Be Happy by Barbie McFerrin. It's not the song so much as the fact that it is echoing through a lobby of a building where the median age of the restaurant is, uh, of the residence is 92. Don't worry, indeed. <laughs> the second one brings me to the subject of this email, The Candyman by Sammy Davis Jr. Simply a terrible song, and one that makes me getting my mail a torture session. In 1972, Sammy was quoted as saying, it's horrible, it's Timmy Two-Shoes, it's white bread, cutums, there's no romance, blech. This record is going straight into the toilet, not just around the rim, but into the bowl, and it may just pull my whole career down with it. It went on to be nominated for a Grammy, further solidifying my opinion that the Grammys are a joke. Just another example of a great artist coming out with a terrible song, like my dingling. It's terrible. Terrible by Chuck Berry <laughs> and Let Him In by Sir Paul McCartney. Mm. Numbers two and three on my hate list. Just a side note, Sirius XM has a station devoted to this genre called Yacht Rock. Yeah, I've heard that, Yacht Rock. I swear every third song they play has been mentioned on your podcast. <laughs> show stinks, Michael Sarvi. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. <laughs>
Feels so good to be back here at the Destillate Lake Club. We like to do for you now a tune entitled Shamalama Ding Dong. So hit it. <laughs> Down in the ground 